right, Ty, and we got about a minute and a half here before our next guest. Um, so I was wondering if you wanted to, since I've been talking the whole damn time, do you want to give a little bit of a rundown of the, uh, what uh, our friends at Fantasy Points offer, um, just as we are a part of the Fantasy Points media group here? Yeah, where I where I do I start? With, uh, I know I surprised you with that, but I figured that's a well, easy spot for instance, to hit. I, uh, <laughs> I was digging into some Packers stuff. We were talking about Aaron Jones. So a really interesting point would be to look up the red zone data that they offer on fantasypoints.com. And you can look at something as simple as fantasy points scored per game in the red zone and look at Aaron Rodgers just absolutely annihilating the competition, a huge area that he's going to experience regression no matter where or if he plays. Um, and Aaron Jones just stands out on the opposite end of that spectrum uh, amongst running backs where he could really see an uptick in uh, in touchdowns and fantasy points in the red zone. It's pretty amazing that he's never seen 50% or 60% of the red zone carries for the Packers in his career. And I think Aaron Jones is just set to smash. And a lot of the data that I use to find out that stuff is on fantasypoints.com. I think if we talk a lot of rankings and pitting guys against one another, you need a resource to go and, you know, uh, you need a barometer that you can trust. And uh, there's nothing really better out there than Joe Dolan's rankings that can be found on fantasypoints.com. There's everyone's rankings, the consensus as well of the staff on fantasypoints.com, including John Hanson, the legend. But Joe Dolan has proved year after year how accurate he is. So you really can't find a better set of ranks to take into your draft or use as a, as a trade calculator, so to speak in your, Mm -hmm. uh, decision-making process and yeah just the litany of studs that are at the top of their field that are employed and not only employed but they ain't going anywhere because they're invested in this thing as co-owners at fantasypoints.com so you see all these new entities popping up you see a lot of popular ones that charge a lot more as well so i just think the bang for the buck the information that you're getting from the people you need to be getting it from the best. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to emulate the smartest fantasy gamers in the world's process. And uh, one way to do that is to have a fantasypoints.com subscription. Absolutely. And uh, much like you said, they're the cream of the crop. And uh, if you know who Macho Man Randy Savage is, the cream rises to the top, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, Ty, we, uh, our promo code for fantasypoints.com is 21 true north 10 all capitals 21 true north 10 at fantasypoints.com to get 10 percent off the best deal that's already on the market and so without further ado i'm bringing in our next guests ty these guys are coming to us i uh i know jacob is from winnipeg and tom i can both from the peg i thought you were both from the peg i just didn't want to get it wrong you know i just i blew the previous intro so i'm trying to you know keep it on track here First guest is a returning uh, guest to the True North Fantasy Pod. That would be Jacob Sanderson. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB for Run the Damn Ball. Jacob, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good. What's up? I'm happy to be here back with y'all. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah man. Happy Canada Day. It's, uh, I'm super stoked you guys can make the time to come on the Canada Day Bash with us. Uh, it's going to be some good information that we drop here. And with you, a part of the, uh, the Dynasty Tilt podcast, um, I've been catching up on those episodes recently, and this guy is a money host, I will say. And that would be Tom Tipple. You can find him at Thomas Tipple FF on Twitter. And he says in the chat here, Todd, that he's actually from Guelph. Thanks. Uh, so oh, I was what? just trying to live make sure in that Win- I was... live in Winnipeg. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guelph. Yeah. So he was. Right. Are you trying to be fancy now, Tom? <laughs> oh, hey, gotta, fancy gotta now. rep the Royal City. 
and guys i want to i want to welcome you in by acknowledging um the lekwungen people because ty and i reside live work play on the traditional lands of the lekwungen people and uh we love where we live we are very thankful to have grown up here and i'm raising a family here um and so we just want to thank them for that uh, we are trying to spark donations to the Downey Wenjack Fund just to raise awareness um, for Indigenous reconciliation in our country, which I'm sure both of you um, have heard a lot about with what's going on here. Um, we just want to raise that awareness and um, just kind of add a little bit because we're giving the message, we're doing the, ter the territory acknowledgement, but I um, just wanted to find another way to give back how we can. And with Gord Downey being a part of the Downey Wenjack Fund, we felt like it was very fitting for our episode's theme of Canadian musicians. Um, so real quick, I want you guys to just talk a little bit about the Dynasty Tilt podcast and tell people where to find that because I've really been enjoying it. Tom, why don't we start with you? Well, sure. Uh, you know, I call myself the host with the most time on his hands, and and it really <laughs> comes in handy to to have that. Yeah, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast started with uh, me, Jacob, and Billy. Just being three people, we, you know, I met Jacob at random here at a slow pitch game and nice. kind of haven't been able to shake one another since. And Billy, you know, was just in group chat, so we felt like we needed to share uh, our knowledge with everyone. And it's just grown since then. We've taken steps and now working uh, alongside with the Dynasty Vipers, you can yeah. find it on on Friday nights, you know, we go live uh, on Twitch, Twitter, all the all the fun places, the Full Tail Dynasty podcast. And we actually recently released our second show, which is uh, the Fantasy Walkabout with our yes. fourth member, Tom Lee, across the world in Australia. We kind of take a different approach to the Friday show. So two ways to find us there. And uh, I suggest uh, doing that and giving us all the feedback, man. That's what's Absolutely, the most important dude. thing is hearing all yeah. the feedback. That's real so feedback crucial. too. Like real yeah. feedback. Like don't blow smoke. Well, if you want some feedback, Tom and Tom and Big Billy, I thought you guys dominated an hour on uh, the Brighter Skies pod of Thanks, so man. Shout yeah. out to uh, Jules. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Very happy that uh, we got to jump in there and fill in that. Yeah, hosting that hour was uh, was was a heck of a good time. And big thanks to you guys for bringing us in here. Absolutely, man. It was uh, it was our pleasure to have you on for the Canada Day Bash. So I'm gonna dive into it here, fellas. We're we are still rolling with the tragically hip theme. Um, they are just so near and dear that I felt like I wanted to get a couple more of the their theme in. Um, and the first one is an ode to their song "Locked in the Trunk of the Car." This song is stellar. If any of our American fans are listening, uh, please go listen to Tragically Hip. Enlighten yourself on the best band that's ever been um, because I love them. So Locked in the Trunk of a Car is um, kind of around players who may be stuck in a bad situation. So I'm going to throw right. these players out and I want you guys to tell me whether you think it's a bad situation and whether you think this guy is stuck or maybe if there is um, better days ahead for these players. Okay, fellas? Uh, Jacob, I'm going to kick it off with you, buddy. And the first player is somebody who I have been a big proponent of i'm curious to hear your thoughts about damian harris and whether whether you think he can break out in what's historically been a mega committee that you want no pieces of but it seems like damian harris aside from james white and that pass catching prowess might be one of the most desirable pieces we've seen here in, in a couple of years hey man i'm torn on damian harris i uh, actually like the talent you know i i thought Remember, there was a time where this was really a running back triumvirate at Alabama, right? Between Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs. And Damian Harris was the most productive of the three when they all played that year together. I think Damian Harris is a really quality running back. We saw last year when they gave him a lot of touches, he was able to be quite an efficient running back. He's one of the more elusive running backs in the NFL. And of course, we know he has that requisite bell cow size and he mm -hmm. can catch the ball a little bit. However, 
they have not let him. <laughs> um, he had seven targets last year, seven. Uh, and that's, that's the biggest problem for me. So how can we, you know, reasonably want to be excited to draft a guy in a offense? that's probably not going to be all that great if they're not getting any targets, because really the only guys that are like, if you look, you know, just over the last couple of years, the only guys who are consistently worth drafting, worth prioritizing without getting anything in the passing game, it's pretty much Henry and Nick Chubb. And that's almost it. So Harris, that's a concern. On the bright side, like I said, I think he can catch passes. Burkhead being gone is helpful. I'm just struggling to see him getting that third down role as long as James White there, as long as James White is there. And of course, they just took Ramondre Stevenson, who's also quite a good pass catcher and also quite a good pass blocker. So what I would say with Harris is I think he's a quality player. I think there is some upside. Maybe the ceiling is like Sony Michelle's 2019, where he got 247 carries, I believe. That could be a possibility for Harris if they just put Stevenson right out of the way and Michelle out of the way. But overall, if I can move off of Harris and instead draft someone like a Fuller or a Gallup or a Debo or a Juju, and they all go in the same range, that's probably where I'm going. Yeah, I like it, man. I think another person that needs to get out of the way is Cam Newton, because that's really going to cap the goal line work. That season that Sony had with 247 carries coincided with a ton of red zone carries as well. Um, and I think if Damian Harris can kind of lock into some of that role, I think it would have to be with Mac Jones because Cam Newton is the new Mike Tolbert essentially at the goal line. Um, so I think he really needs Mac Jones to come in, but I think Mac Jones could be more adept at getting those targets to a running back as well. If they are going to rely on Damian Harris, getting some of that work. Um, so I really like that assessment there. Uh, there, Jacob. Well, I think and it's uh, and Ramondre is a, well, I think Ramondre is a good guy to bring up. Even if Cam isn't there, I think maybe the goal line work might get overblown, so to speak, because the goal line back always has in New England. And, uh, you know, I just, he had three carries inside the five-yard line last year, Damian Harris. And that was less than Rex Burkhead, for example. So it wasn't just Cam, you know, he was also losing in goal line market share to Rex Burkhead, who could be Ramondre Stevenson going forward. If you were going to comp mm -hmm. any rookie in this class to Rex Burkhead, it's Ramondre Stevenson. Like he's yeah. unathletic, <laughs> walking specialist who's super capable in the past game. And he's just a guy who just does things that coaches like and nothing else. Yeah, and he's the no cheapest doubt. Patriot back. That's the way we play it usually. Yeah, for sure. Rex Bur Burkhead, also known as Sex Lurkhead, right, Ty? <laughs> 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 that, was a, that was a Ty original. I can't take credit for that, but I always loved it. Um, Tom, we're, Tom, we're going to come to you for this next guy. He is looking like the wide receiver one in a dumpy situation in Houston. And that would be Brandon Cooks. Right. I'm wondering, like, it's looking like Deshaun Watson's probably not going to be playing there this year, uh, might not play at all this year. Um, I'm curious if you think there's any ceiling for Brandon Cooks with Tyrod, David M Davis Mills, or even Ryan Finley in there at quarterback. Is that target share going to overcome the shady offense, or do you think it could kind of hamper Brandon Cooks having that, you know, maybe top 15, top 20 season that he could have? I don't think that there's any way that if Brandon Cooks plays 17 games, he doesn't finish as a top 24 wide receiver, and I'll tell you why. Mm. The guy's going to get 130 targets. I mean, like he could even get more. The defense is absolute doggy do, and um, <laughs> it, there, I do, and even though okay, the touchdown upside. Okay, well they got a score. Will it be him? Who knows? Nico Collins, he's fine. You know, Randall Cobb, hooray. Somebody's going to get the ball, and they're going to use their best player. Now, I know they're going to run it with 772 running backs that are 30 <laughs> years old, and that's fine, but I don't think there's any way that Brandon Cooks doesn't get 130 targets, and he's a good enough player. Like People forget how 
good he is really. And every year by like week 10, we're like, oh man, he's Brandon Cooks is really good. Like, oh my God, we always forget. And he's been in bad situations before with multiple other pass catchers. There was, you know, Woods and Cup and then everyone in New Orleans. Like it, he's always been surrounded by some sort of cut him down scenario. But he always produces. You're going to give him 130 targets. He's walking with 80 some receptions. You know, he's going to be around that 900 to 1,000 yard mark. He's going to yeah. produce well for fantasy. The, he's not as injury prone as people say he is either. He, that, like, that's a complete oh, yeah. myth. It's just his injuries have looked horrific for somebody with like my height. So, yeah, because he's a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think but it's amazing how he's still on. Yeah, he's just produces. I love how you put that. Like he's just come out and had a thousand yards in five of six seasons mm-hmm. in the five of the last six seasons. It's insane. Like I think uh so it'd be Mike Evans, I think is the only guy who's done it six straight years. So, mm-hmm. you know, only only Mike Evans ahead of him. And I think uh like it'd be like Nuke, uh Julio Jones, maybe, but there there's only like two or three other guys who have done what Cooks has done over the last six years. Totally. And uh he is the poster boy for bucking the narrative of wide receivers changing teams not being successful you know like he <laughs> he's one of those guys who has changed quarterback year after year to your point tom and he has continued to get it done so you know davis mills tyrod scares me a little bit like honestly i think yeah, davis, sure. mills, davis him mills getting traded, him getting traded scares me how, how i think yeah. him getting traded during the season scares me like if houston's in full tank mode why wouldn't they trade cooks for if they can get a second or third for isn't that good unless though? he, Isn't unless that good? he goes that to a good spot right from tyrod or davis mills right like, say yeah, green bay is in a position yeah, like a say point. green bay is in a position that, to make the playoffs we or something. we're gonna start that already with <laughs> just ended yeah. with will brother yeah. like it just ended. it's one of those it's one of those things right like if he's staying in houston which is obviously what you project and you're not projecting somebody to have injuries will fuller is gone will fuller was the alpha there last year and when wolf fuller left guess what brandon cooks did what he produced double coverage Mm -hmm. deep short i think that any competent level quarterback uh, is going to be able to feed him the ball accurately enough to finish so i I don't think there's any way that i think we're way like people are kind of sleeping on brandon cooks again yeah, like Tyrod has a decent arm, and there's over 1,850 air yards up for grabs from last year. I know we're definitely downgrading with Deshaun and not imagining a top five scoring wide receiver room uh, as a position, which we saw under Deshaun. But, right. you know, I, I think there is a guy here who could monopolize a lot of the deep targets and air yards, and that's definitely Brandon Cooks. Right. Yeah. He's just got to get in the end zone four or five times. That's it. Yeah. Which is absolutely. definitely doable. Which, and it's exactly. not like he's ever been. Yeah. Like we're not going to bake in any touchdown scoring for Brennan no. Cooks anyways. It's Brennan Cooks. Yeah. Highest is nine. And I think that was like six years ago. Right. Um, yeah. That was probably the Patriots here or something like that. Yeah. But uh want to give a shout out to our buddy, Craig. You can find him at coach Craig sports. Uh, poor guy is a Houston Texans fan. And anytime oh. we love, anytime we lament the Texans, we always kind of pour one out for our buddy Craig there. Cause we love him. If you're, um, single, if you're single, find yourself a Texans fan. You know, they won't cheat on you. Like if you're willing <laughs> to stay with the Texans, they will stay with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming to you there, Jacob, with the next one. And that would be, um, Michael Gallup in Dallas. My he, guy. Uh, he's in a high-powered offense, but he is looking like the third fiddle in the in the passing game, obviously behind CD the Goat Lamb and Amari Pooper Cooper. Um, I'm curious like what you think of Gallup's upside 
in that offense, Jacob, and whether you think um, like a change change of scenery would be better for him, or would it be kind of a linear move? What, what's your take on Gallup and his situation in Dallas? Is he locked in the trunk of a car, Jacob? Look, well, you mentioned he's the third fiddle, and uh, I come from here in Winnipeg in the Red River Colony. We know a thing or two about fiddles, all right? And if you, the more fiddles, the merrier. You can have a good time. So <laughs> all I'm going to say about Michael Gallup is this offense is just going to ball. Like, yeah. they're yeah. going to score so many points, and their defense is going to – it's going to be like when you're playing Madden and you're on superstar mode and you don't want to play defense, so you just keep going down, and then you look up and you're like, oh, great, we got the ball back to 7-7. Seven, seven. Score. Oh, shoot. 14-14. Score. Like, this team isn't going to stop anybody. So they're going to have to keep passing. Michael Gallup is going to be A-OK. Last year, he was in the worst role for fantasy. He was playing out at X-Wide receiver, and they played a bunch of crap defenses that gave easy completions to Lamb and to Cooper. We saw Gallup still have that blow-up game against Seattle. We saw him actually out-target Lamb in quite a few games down the stretch. I think things are going to be a lot more fluid in this offense. I think Gallup is going to have his weeks where he is the guy that gets the most targets, even if those aren't as often as with Lamb or with Cooper. But for me, like I'm, you know, I'm having a hot best ball summer right now. I'm in the lobbies daily. I love Michael Gallup. He's my third most drafted wide receiver in best ball overall. I'm all about him in the sixth round. I see him going behind guys like Juju, guys like Debo, guys like Boyd. Would I rather have the third wide receiver on the Bengals or the Steelers or the Niners, or do I want the third wide receiver in Dallas? Uh, I definitely want that. And I think Gallup's going to get his. I think he's a baller. And I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where you're going to be very happy of Gallup in your lineup because I think he has legitimate 25-point upside in any given week. It just might be a little bit volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was extremely well put, buddy. We we just love that offense. And fiddles be damned, he's still going to be an integral piece of this uh, of this offense there. Tom, I'm going to come to you with the next guy. Um, I want to, We got another little segment here. We got two segments for you fellas. Um, and so I want to kind of polish this one off. And this this player is Ronald Jones. Um, yeah. The Bruce Arians, the Kangal Killa, and the Bucks um, have been trying to replace Ronald Jones, um, but it's just it hasn't worked out for him. He just seems to be that thorn in the side who they end up having to plug in anyway. I'm curious what you think. Is he going to be phased out with Leonard Fournette and Gio Bernard both filling um, specific roles there? Or do you think Rojo can kind of carve his way to being that first and second down banger for uh, for Bruce and the Bucks? Well, for me, just sifting through the something that Jacob and I don't really listen to too much, but the, the kind of coach speak over there kind of sounds like Lenny's fighting his way out of the backfield. I think right. that bringing in someone like Gio is actually to replace someone like Fournette, okay. not someone like Rojo, because as a runner, Ronald Jones is the best runner on that team, and it's it's not particularly close. Look, when Fournette went down, which he did seem to be regularly, the only games that uh, Ronald Jones really struggled in was against the Giants, good defense, New Orleans, good defense, Rams, good defense. Every every other game, you wanted him in your lineup pretty much. As, as a RB2 with that high touchdown, big play upside, and he, and he even caught more passes than I think people really mm-hmm. expected. It was him to more do. efficient, just, too. Just don't watch the game. Just don't watch <laughs> Tampa Bay and just put Ronald Jones in your lineup. I don't think he's getting replaced. I think Vaughn was a mistake. I think they learned from that. Mm-hmm. And and I just I don't think Fournette is going to get the playoff Lenny touch share and I yeah, I just I have no problem drafting Ronald Jones at where he's being drafted right now. Like he's being drafted well outside of what the top 
17 or 16 running backs. You're seeing oh, a yeah. bunch oh, of guys go out. ahead of them. One, His ADP one, is 104. It's insane. And he's been right? in round nine. And look, yeah. there's no way Fournette's going to stay healthy all year anyway. Like he's going to have an opportunity to blow up for you. And you can even, like, you're getting him that late. I have no problem drafting Ronald Jones. I think he's going to be fine. Remember how you want to date Texans fans? You exactly. don't want to date Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians <laughs> yeah. has his has his wife and Ronald Jones. He's like, man, like my wife's a workhorse. I'm going to pass the ball to her. She's going to get on all three downs. And then she goes and cheats on his ass with Fournette. And then she cheats on his ass <laughs> with Gio Bernard. But the thing is, is like Arians, Ronald Jones is still the wife. So like Arians has all these different mistress running backs, but they all cannibalize from each other. The wife role is still secure with Rojo. Right. And if he accidentally want- deletes a voicemail, like, <laughs> you know, he, he misses an assignment on a block. He's going to hit the bench for a game or two. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Bruce like, Arians is a very nice husband. That's for sure. Right. Like, <laughs> that's why you don't watch the Bucks games. But you also, what do we, what do we talk about? If you're going to take a running back by committee, you want the high-powered offenses. Does anyone here think Tampa Bay is not going to light it up again on offense? I want that guy. One injury, one good stretch. Arians is going to let him do his thing. And I, I think getting I think him Brady away, might getting do his thing, crazy. Though. Sure. I, I don't think it was supernatural that Brady threw over 30 touchdowns. Like it was because he decided to throw the ball close to the goal line. Like, I, I just don't, I, I don't have enough confidence in who will emerge between like Rojo is clearly the more efficient running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even remotely close when it comes to who's more elusive, who offers more. Uh, and, and Leonard Fournette, I'm just a big anti Leonard Fournette guy. Oh, and, don't uh, get me going. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, like he's just an incredibly inefficient running back. And I think, you know, other than recency bias, uh, from last year's playoffs, he has nothing going for him because I do believe Gio came in to catch some passes. Why else would he have signed there? Because he could have exactly. gone to Seattle. He could have gone elsewhere. So uh, I really don't really love this backfield because I don't see the the two or three or four week stretches even where these guys could deliver RB1 weeks. Yeah, And no, I don't know I who agree. it would be if it is. I think it's more like what you're drafting him to be. Like if, you, if he's your third or fourth running back on your roster, you got to be ecstatic. If you're getting them that late, you can stock up That's with that, that running back or that wide receiver talent, right? You're getting that wide receiver talent. That's elite. You can go RBs early, grab a quarterback mid-tier, and then, oh, look, Ronald Jones. And these are like, he's going in the range of a draft where running backs have, you know, very good hit rates compared to, like, yeah. you know, Jacob, you just wrote a spectacular article for Player Profiler mm-hmm. talking about the running back dead zone. Uh, it's a really good article. Maybe I'll tweet that out uh, because it's too late to throw it in the comments now. Sorry, but uh, in the in the description. But it was a really good article. And uh, when you, when you dive into the running back dead zone and stuff, you realize that you need to start attacking running back again in that nine, eight, nine, 10th, 11th round range. And so I I think Ronald Jones does fit the bill in that sense, because those running backs aren't available. Like the Antonio Gibson's and stuff were last year. So I will end up having some Ronald Jones. I just won't love it. (laughs) I agree. I want to get, I want to get like my two early. If I'm doing like a regular four running back build, the best ball, I want to get my two guys early or, or either one really early and then one kind of semi early. And then once, you know, I just want to ignore running back from like round six, seven, eight, and then I'll circle back and I'll get like either a Rojo yep. or a James Connor or Zach Moss, Gus Edwards, some, one of those kind of guys to be that RB three who can give me some RB two weeks. Somebody who's going to run the damn ball. Am I right, Jacob? Oh, that's, that's all <laughs> Rojo is going to do. He's going to run the damn ball and he's going to not catch the damn ball. And for <laughs> the, record, the damn ball. He missed he missed time, right? And had those bad games and he still finishes the RB20. I don't think that that repeat finish isn't outside of his range of possibilities. So 
Totally, man. With some of those big games that he had, he could definitely yep. match that this year. Um, yeah, that was really well put, guys. And I, I think Rojo is probably my favorite piece in that offense. So um, the vote of confidence from you, smart gentleman, was uh, very nice to hear. I'm not uh, that smart. I just steal all Jacob's shit. Yeah. Trust, trust me. I just steal okay. all the shit. That's okay. You got <laughs> you got it covered. Um, okay, guys, we're going to move into the next uh, next quick Good. segment here. We got about eight minutes, but I want to hear some of your guys' takes. And this is uh, this one is called Trickle Down. Um, so there's a tragically hip song called Trickle Down. It's one of like their kind of upbeat. This is a really a really good kind of get the party going if you're in in that scene tune. If you ask me. Um, and we're going to be talking about the trickle down effect of players who have been brought in or drafted to specific teams. Um, so again, we encourage anybody to go check out the tragically hit because they are stellar. And the first ones that we're going to talk about Jacob, and I believe we did talk a little bit about the running back room in this particular team, maybe the pass catchers as well when you join the show. Um, but I want to hear again, what's the trickle down of Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins coming to Baltimore um, to insert themselves in what has been a very uh, low volume passing offense. What's your take there? Well, look, you, you got the two right guys on. I, I wrote a piece on Bateman, big Bateman guy. Tom, of course, a Ravens fan, so he knows all about the situation. Nice. Uh, look, first of all, I'm just offended that you put Bateman in the same sentence as Lizard Man. Uh, but <laughs> no, I think and the trickle down of ba- the trickle down of Bateman is going to be a big trickle because uh, he's going to come in and he's going to be the best wide receiver prospect by far, in my opinion, that Lamar Jackson has had. And I think it's really just a matter of when, more than it is if he becomes the number one target in the passing game. So maybe that doesn't happen immediately. Maybe it's more at the end of the season. Maybe it's even in 2022, but he's going to take a big chunk regardless. I think he's a a far better fit to be the X receiver in that offense than Marquise Brown is. He's really been playing out of position. Uh, Marquise Brown would be much better as a stretch Z or as a slot option. And then Mark Andrews is still going to have a major role, but I'm not sure it's going to be a 25% target share type of role. Uh, I don't think that's going to work out any longer. So Bateman's going to have a huge effect. Sammy Watkins, I don't know. I mean, I I held out a candle for Sammy for a very long time. Uh, The candle still burned when he went to Kansas City. It burned Mm -hmm. uh, for a while with the Rams. It's just at this point, like, what are you doing? Like he had, you know, he's been basically useless for multiple years other than in the playoffs and in occasionally for week one. So do I think he'll have like six catches for hundred yards of the touchdown in week one? Probably. (laughs) That's kind of what he does. Will he then ever have a hundred yards for the rest of the season? Probably not. Um, Cause he'll have like some injury. Well, it'll say on Thursday that he tweaked his foot and then we won't see him for seven weeks. Uh, So I don't know. I'm not, I don't care about Sammy Watkins. I'll say I'll yeah. say this uh, before we move on. I know we've got to be quick. Uh, no, it's all good, as, brother. As a big Ravens fan here, think of Sammy Watkins as what Seth Roberts and Andre Roberts were for the Ravens over the last couple of years. That's what Watkins mm-hmm. is going to be. He's going to have really weird games where he'll catch like a deep ball for a touchdown. He'll have like weird games with five of 87 and then not be heard from again. Think of him as taking over Willie Sneed and Andre Roberts as that yeah. medium and, and deep threat end zone guy because – I mean, Hollywood Brown's just not it. And I think Watkins is going to provide what the Ravens have missed on the outside deep game, not the inside deep game like uh, Brown's been. So that's just think of them like that. That's that's the expectations. That's a really good point because Hollywood from the slot scored the most touchdowns from the slot in the league Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And that's where he's been far more effective in his young career. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's trickle down from that too, because Mark Andrews is predominantly in the slot. So I'm really curious because it looks like the, the, the roster 
begs them to move away from the heavy tight end sets a little bit and mm -hmm. get some more of these wide receivers on the field. And I like what that could offer with Lamar running around there because you get some of that off script stuff and that gives those receivers a chance to get open for him to use that cannon of an arm and maybe not have to put it into tight spaces as much because we yeah. did see some accuracy concerns last year, mm -hmm. um, especially on the deep passing. So I think it's going to be really interesting because I think that the, the what they've been doing says that they should morph the offense, but I'm mm -hmm. curious to see if they actually do that because that could also have an adverse effect because if they start coming away from that run heaviness, what does that mean for Lamar Jackson's carry share and a bunch of other rabbit holes you could go down. And then the beauty of is it, the beauty of it is we just have to wait and see gentlemen. So mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a cool year to watch the uh, watch the Ravens because if they can kind of expand and, and let, uh, let Lamar cook, let's say, um it could be a fun one to watch because there's a bunch of speed and now they've got some size too um they mm -hmm. could be loaded they could be loaded fellas um and on that fellas i want to i want to kind of cut that off there actually because uh that was a good summary of the the raven situation and tom it's great that you're a ravens fan um i just want to highlight something actually jacob as we've been on the show here you threw a retweet of the episode out and i just want to give a big thank you as um one thing that you've got in the tweet there is that for anybody who donates to uh, the Downey Wenjack Fund, you said you will match a donation up to $50. I think that's incredible, man. I really appreciate you getting on board with the cause and uh, jumping in with a donation, kind of putting putting your money where where our mouth has been for this show so far. Um, and I've actually retweeted that since and said, you know what, I'm going to match that 50. So if somebody donates and you match 50, Jacob, I'm going to match 50 as well and donate um, just to kind of su support the Downey Wenjack Fund as we as we ideally start walking the path towards uh, reconciliation for the Indigenous population in Canada. So I appreciate that, fellas. I appreciate you guys jumping on and uh, kind of championing that and, and taking the time to come hang out with Ty and myself on the Canada Day Bash. Um, Jacob... I know you got your hands in a lot of cookie jars, so why don't you let the people know where to find you um, and what you're working on this offseason? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to appreciate um, the, the retweet and that. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, of course, I'm from Winnipeg. Uh, I'm a Métis person from Red River Colony. Uh, and for anyone that hasn't been following the news out of Canada, um, over, we're now over 1,500 grave sites have been found um, at residential schools. I just put a little primer on what's been going on in Canada and and uh, as well as the goal of the Downey Wenjack Fund and what they do. So if anyone's willing to help out, I would love to do that. I'm also throwing on top of the match donation, anyone that donates, whether it be $1, a toonie, uh, $10, whatever, I'll also offer you a personal uh, roster breakdown and consult on your dynasty team and what you can do to improve. So if anyone's willing to help out a little bit today, I would love to use this uh, platform that you've been so generous to give us to, to do some good in Canada and a nation that you know, we're celebrating on one half, but we're also really hurting in a lot of places. Um, that being said, you can find me on Twitter, FF underscore RTDB. My latest article that Ty mentioned is pinned at the top of my profile uh, that goes over some of the candidates, the running back dead zone, uh, and who you can target, who you should not target, and some of the game theory behind that. And of course, you can find me every Friday, including tomorrow with Tom on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, which I'm sure he's going to plug right now. <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. So why don't you tell us about it? Because you're a busy man, too, with two shows a week. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're producing two shows a week there. I just want to say, like, we obviously, all obviously love this country, but we all think we need to heal as a country as well. And and I, again, I want to echo Jacob's statement. We definitely appreciate when we had the opportunity to do so. That's why we jumped on so quickly. Um, you can find us two shows a week at the Monday Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presents the Fantasy Walkabout. And obviously every Friday at, at 
with the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. You can also find some of my work. I'm doing, uh, you know, you'll see my work, maybe not read it as much, but you'll see my work with the Dynasty Vipers and Fantasy Intervention and the graphics team. If you need something, you can come at me. You can let me know. Beautiful. And we're always looking to grow and shed that light on love and positivity. And, and that's really what we're about here. And we're going to continue to be about here. And we look forward to mingling it up with, with y'all down the line. I love that, fellas. Yeah, I really, really appreciate the sentiment there and really appreciate your time. Um, we were we were stoked to have you guys on. And uh, a shout out to the Dynasty Vipers. Matt Donnelly, the kind of the head mustache over there is a good friend of ours. So uh, we appreciate head mustache. Their support. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate their support as well because they have been uh, big supporters of the True North Fantasy Pod and everything we offer over there at True North. Ty, you got any parting shots before we let Jacob and Tom go, my man? No, I just, yeah, thrilled to have both you guys on. I think you guys are both uh, up and comers in the industry for sure. And uh, I think that's really cool. What you're doing, Jacob, the the match donation, I didn't know you, uh, you, had, you were part matey. I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, you know, I know Winnipeg is not unlike Victoria, where it is just uh, First Nations and everybody lives together pretty much. Yeah, there's a few reservations here and there, but we all grew up together. So we're all in this fight together. And uh, I appreciate that you're very much uh, vocal about it and everyone should match that donation, get a really good roster breakdown while you're at it from a good up and comer in the industry, like Mr. Sanderson matrix <laughs> jokes are still cool, right? Mm-hmm. People are still, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right on, boys. Well, thanks again for coming on. It won't be the last time any of our listeners see you guys on the show because we're going to we're gonna try and get you guys back on real soon. So have a great Canada Day, fellas. Go have a couple of bevies and enjoy it. Uh, we got some hot weather out here, and knowing Winnipeg, I'm sure it's pretty oh, damn hot. hot out there. So uh, go enjoy it, fellas, with a cold one, uh, and we will talk to you soon. Tom Tipple and Jacob Sanderson, folks. Thanks Salud. so much. Ciao.